For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, with a shout-out to, or rather at, YouTube. Because yes, they've started nibbling at our advertising revenue, flagging two of our videos as, quote, running limited or no ads due to content identified as not suitable for most advertisers, end quote. Luckily, it says on each of the videos, quote, it remains fully playable and is eligible to earn subscription revenue from YouTube Premium, end quote. So apparently the bots got us. But I did appeal on one of them, and in a remarkably short order was told, quote, this video has been confirmed by manual review as not suitable for most advertisers, end quote. Oh, really? How many of them actually objected? Or do you just assume your customers share your woke views on climate and appreciate you acting as keepers of their conscience? Not to lecture YouTube on economics, but surely the people actually watching a video like it. Though I suppose a few might just really enjoy hating it. But the vast majority won't be cross with companies that advertise on it, and people who don't watch our stuff won't know they're advertising, will they? Anyway, we're not dead yet. But just in case, sign up on Rumble, and maybe let YouTube know politely that you don't appreciate their faking a stance as neutral guardians of decency. And now to lecture someone else on economics. Because our lead item in this readout from our Wednesday Wake Up newsletter, and again, do remember to subscribe to that one so that if we get the big boot from YouTube, we can keep in touch. Anyway, the first item started with an interview where Jordan Peterson was challenged over his advice to tidy a room before presuming to start tidying the entire planet and made this pungent observation, obvious to some and incomprehensible to others, quote, I know the difference between someone who can make a complex system better and someone who will make a complex system worse, end quote. Such as, in this case, the economy. When you look at the damage done by arrogant politicians who think they can just replace the entire energy system because they heard somewhere that wind is cool, and, for good measure, think that they can change the temperature of the entire planet because they heard that solar panels are, you get the troubling impression that they don't even realize economies are complex, let alone that climates are, or that complex systems require caution. As Peterson added bluntly, quote, most people will make a complex system worse, end quote. Which sounds kind of depressing, but luckily, over the years, we found amazing ways to simplify decision-making, and one of those is free markets. As Leonard Reed explained in his classic 1958 essay, I, Pencil, the incredibly complex process whereby start with the wood for a pencil, you've also got to have chainsaws to fell the trees, coffee for loggers to drink, ships to carry logs, cement for piers and so on, and that's just the wood, we haven't even got to the graphite paint or ferrule. Through prices, they're all reduced to a few simple numbers that a manufacturer can add up and say, yep, we could sell a pencil for more than that, or no way, we'd lose our shirts. And like everyone else, from insurance companies to video game makers, they don't need to understand why things cost what they do, only know what they cost. But as soon as you sweep prices aside in the name of efficiency, fairness, or any other higher value, as a central planner, you do need to know. You need to comprehend all the complexities at once, and you can't. Not because you're dim, but because the complexities are overwhelming. As Friedrich Hayek explained in his regrettably obscure The Road to Serfdom, anyone who takes that task on themselves finds that comprehensive planning rapidly turns into crisis management that makes the underlying chaos worse. It's like someone trying to stamp out a brush fire with the hem of their pants ablaze. For instance, the British government, in late September, ordering the army to drive gasoline to the pumps. It's a parody of decisive action that actually turns the routine production of plenty into a desperate last line of defense improvisation. 
So the first rule for making complex systems better is not to be the fool who rushes in with, for instance, a press release on COP26 starting, quote, climate change is the greatest long-term threat of our time, but it is also the greatest opportunity for our economy and workers, end quote. Because that invites the obvious question, how would you know? And it's like people who are in a panic over greenhouse gases but scorn nuclear power because, again, they think powering an entire economy is simple. Although it turns out that politicians who've cornered themselves on climate change might finally be reconsidering, including in the EU, where a leaked document actually considers adopting this sensible policy. And one outraged alarmist snarled on cue, quote, this proposal is a scientific disgrace that would deal a fatal blow to the taxonomy, end quote. Perhaps, but at the same time it might keep the lights on. As for substituting natural gas for coal, that might appeal to people who think an important aspect of solving complex problems is to break them into simple, manageable steps, which now improbably seems to include European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you. Because at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we're dependent upon support from our viewers and our readers. Please go to our donate page, make a one-time pledge, or if you can, a monthly one. I'm not talking a lot of money, though. If you've got it, we'll take it. $2 a month, $3, $5. That's the sustaining funding that we need to produce these videos on our newsletter. And now, back to me. Meanwhile, back in the Pleistocene, we're not sure whether it makes it better or worse to hear from the Open University that woolly mammoths actually lasted into the historical era, past the pyramids. They only vanished around 4,000 years ago. They nearly made it. But it does clearly make it worse to suggest that their demise is proof of the dangers of man-made climate change. You know, the old theory was that we'd hunted them to extinction, and the author of one study admits that, quote, humans have been blamed because the animals had survived for millions of years without climate change killing them off before, but he says, quote, we have finally been able to prove that it was not just the climate changing that was the problem, but the speed of it that was the final nail in the coffin, end quote. Hang on. Woolly mammoths first appeared around 700,000 years ago, which means they went through two previous interglacials, the Eemian from around 130 to 115,000 years ago, which was warmer than today, and the prior Hoxnian from around 424 to 374 KYA. Both these periods saw abrupt warming then gradual cyclical cooling. Still, we're all doomed. As another study warned, quote, mammoths were literally huge and globally distributed, and this massive range was reduced to a tiny island in the Arctic Ocean before their extinction. It should serve as a warning about the consequences of climate change, end quote. So, if you're fed up with such rhetoric, and with conferences like COP26, it turns out you're not alone. Greta Thunberg seems to have had it in more ways than one. Or take Naomi Oreskes, please. The woman who launched the 97% consensus ship of fools recently called for the abolition of the IPCC's working group one because the science is settled, so why do more science? Likewise, the Lancet editorialized that COP26 is the, quote, last hope for the climate, end quote, so no more meetings, right? Especially if you believe the latest shouting about scientific consensus. You know, never mind that slippery 97% figure, now it's more than 99. In fact, more than 99.9, .9, in fact. Oh, and shut up. In the press release, the new study's lead author, Mark Linus, said, quote, it's pretty much case closed for any meaningful public conversation about the reality of human-caused climate change, end quote. Yes, the same Mark Linus caught on video years ago throwing a pie at Bjorn Lomberg to protest his book critiquing climate orthodoxy. Just the sort of person we trust to assess the state of opinion on an important scientific question. 
And of course, the actual study has the usual sampling problem. It shrinks 88,125 climate-related papers since 2012 to a randomized subset of 3,000, of which they found exactly four, quote, skeptical peer-reviewed papers, end quote. And in the fine print, only 19 that think humans are the predominant cause. More than two-thirds take no position, so, for good measure, they count them as endorsing the consensus, of which Stalin would approve. But as Martin Lanvoit said, the fact that this paper survived peer review is sufficient to call that entire practice into serious question. Then there's The Lancet, the British medical flagship journal, saying climate change is killing us all, or will, or might, or something. They even put out the apparently now obligatory Eureka Alert press release so their friends in the media could pick it up, in this case the CBC, with, quote, Lancet report on health and climate highlights extreme heat, wildfire, and food insecurity as key challenges, end quote. Now look, we trust doctors on the question of whether being burned up is medically unhealthy, but we think they know about as much about trends in wildfires as a firefighter does about trends in diabetes. Still, workers of the world unite, because, quote, as countries commit trillions of dollars to restart their economies in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the report urges political leaders and policymakers to use this public spending to reduce inequities, end quote. How's that medical advice? Well, it turns out the Lancet is just lending its white coat and stethoscope to the cool kids. Quote, the Lancet countdown represents the consensus of leading researchers from 43 academic institutions and UN agencies, end quote. Would you let that gang treat your broken leg? In the newsletter, we also take our 1920 or 2020 series to Donnybrook, which boasts the largest free entry playground in Australia, the Apple Fun Park, and also a very long temperature record. So tell us, which line is 2020's daily temperature record, with heat stroke and crop failure on every side, and which is cool, crisp 1920? If you couldn't tell, you're just not paying attention to the climate emergency, and maybe you should call a doctor. Perhaps a memory specialist, because at CDN, we keep forgetting whether climate change is bad because it is bringing more rain, or less rain, or both, sometimes in the same place. So we went back to the IPC's latest AR6 to look at global trends in precipitation, and apparently it's a mixed bag with insufficient historical data to draw firm conclusions. And we also present a study from CO2Science.org on 500 years of drought on Vancouver Island that found weather. Specifically, since about 1520, 21 droughts occurred that were more extreme than recent severe events like those in 2003 and 2009. Man, who knew? Oh right, we did. So, please support us, share our work, sign up on Rumble and for the email newsletter, and show YouTube the customer is monarch. For CDN, I'm John Robson.